I'm James Briarton in Charlotte. We got Evan Fisher in Asheville, North Carolina. Coming up, we're going to be talking about a severe weather threat that is going to be rolling through the Carolinas on Thursday, bringing heavy rain, gusty winds, and the possibility of tornadoes. And then Evan's here to talk to us about the chances of seeing snow on the backside of that storm. That is number one on our agenda. Number two on our agenda is our new interview. You love him. We love him. He's the Weather Channel's Jim Cantori. Take a look at this. You love doing what you do. No one's trying to get rid of you. But do you? how much longer do you think you're going to do this for you? Is there going to be a point where you go, okay, that's enough risk. I have checked this box. My, I'm looking at my girlfriend laughing right now. Um, Is there something on the Jim Cantori bucket list yes. that you have not done yet? I know where you're going with that. I don't, you don't even have to finish the question. We will play that interview with the Weather Channel's Jim Cantori. Looking back on the big storms of 2022, and as you saw right there, talking candidly about what's next in his career coming your way no later than 9.30 tonight. Welcoming in Scotty Powell from Myrtle Beach. As you can see, there was a dress code for tonight's show, and we have all adhered to it. Uh, this is kicking off the ninth year of the Carolina Weather Group. And while we will get to Jim Cantori in just a moment, take a look at the latest FutureCast model run from the HRRR. If you're listening on our podcast feed, we are looking at a squall line that is going to come through the Carolinas Thursday afternoon, roughly about the time of the evening commute. It's going to move, of course, from west to east, and with it bring the chance of heavy rain, gusty winds, a few isolated tornadoes, and then it's going to tee on up some colder weather that will bring the western North Carolina mountains their first chance of seeing snow this holiday, this holiday season, this winter season. We'll see where my brain's at. The uh, National Weather Service's Storm Prediction Center has issued their outlook for tomorrow. We have a slight risk. That is a tier two out of five for upstate South Carolina. We have a marginal risk, a tier one out of five for Western North Carolina, including the I-77 corridor and Charlotte, and also as far to the east as the Triad we're talking High Point and Greensboro. This would also, to the south, include portions of the I-77 corridor into Columbia. But, Scotty, you were the one who I think first up tonight said, James, we've got to talk about these severe storms. You're in Myrtle Beach, so you're the furthest to the east of all of this. But what is it about the model runs, about the squall line, that has you most concerned for tomorrow? Yeah, thank you, James. Um, I think tomorrow's like one of those sneaky severe weather days where you have this marginal slight risk it's not the uh enhanced or the moderate that that you see on, on typical severe weather events but there's a, a few things coming uh first of all this uh, line is going to be moving through um portions of the upstate the midlands of south carolina into western and central north carolina right during the peak heating of the day we're talking from like two o'clock to six o'clock and i think we have just enough elements um to get a few storms that could um be pretty strong or severe also as James is showing you that future cast right ahead of the line, looks like there could be a few discrete supercells that try wow. to develop in the upstate of South Carolina and then track into the Piedmont of North Carolina uh, ahead of the Q or the squall line or what we call QLCS, where you can see embedded tornadoes in with that line with any of those kinks. So um, there's tons of shear out there available. The energy is there. It's not the best. It's kind of one of those high shear, low cape events. Uh, 
the only thing is, do we have enough lifting mechanism to kind of get these storms up and going? So that's the one caveat. That's the one question. Is there going to be enough lift in the atmosphere to get these storms going? Um, That'll be a question that we'll have to just figure out tomorrow. One thing it doesn't look like is we're not going to be in that cloudy, cold stage that we normally see during the winter time with any severe weather. It kind of looks like we're going to be pretty moist throughout the day. Uh, you'll probably see a return of humidity. Temperatures are going to be in the 60s. Uh, so we've got that energy or that juice uh, there to see some storms. It's just can we, what we call an inversion, can we kind of bust that cap and and get these storms to really grow? So that's the one question to, to kind of answer that we don't know the answer for yet. But there is enough shear out there, enough changing of wind direction uh, obviously we know a big strong northwest flow event's going to happen snowfall wise in the north carolina mountains we'll talk about in a minute but um yeah. looking at some of those tornado probabilities i think a lot of the areas between that two to five percent and that's you know when, when you say two to five percent like what does that mean but uh, that's just means that you can see uh, uh, there's there's not a high threat but there's not a zero threat there's a threat there for an isolated tornado and that really juts up into the Piedmont into the upstate ones. And and I wouldn't be surprised when this comes out. Uh the newest update I, I think is right after midnight. Uh we'll probably see um that expanded a little bit more north um and probably sees a five percent somewhere introduced. And then the damage and wind threat, James, if you want to pop that up there. Um, I think that's the biggest thing with this is that squall line definitely will have some some wind with it. And uh, remember, we we preached on the show time after time, wind is wind, no matter if it's blowing in a straight line or if it's rotating, it can definitely do some damage. So, um, you know, our, our friends in the upstate to the Midlands of South Carolina, you're under that 15% chance of uh, damage and wind threat, everyone else in that 5% chance. So that just shows you that the threat is there. Um, obviously, the 15% area in the upstate is, is a little bit more... Um, concerning because that's when you can see definitely some damaging wind gusts. So it's just something we're going to have to watch tomorrow. If you see any sunshine or prolonged sunshine, that's not your friend tomorrow. You don't want to see the sun. Um, that just adds to the instability. One thing is as it moves through, if you're listening to us here along the Grand Strand or down in Charleston or even Eastern North Carolina, as that line progresses towards the coast into the Eastern part of the Carolinas, it starts to lose some of that instability as the sun is setting um, here at the beach, it's not supposed to move through to about 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. So um, though we can't rule out a gusty thunderstorm, it doesn't look like the energy is there like it would be over the upstate Midlands and western North Carolina. Yeah, and let's uh, before we talk about snow, let's talk about one of the biggest unknowns and uncertainties in this tomorrow. And it is not so much an atmospheric thing. It is a technological thing. Because if you uh, have been following us on social during our winter break, we have been talking about the National Weather Service radar in Greenville, Spartanburg, out of the Greer office, which serves upstate South Carolina, but also as far to the east as that I-77 corridor. It's down. It is not working. And so tomorrow we have this situation before us where we are not going to be able to use both the GSP radar but also the radar out of the National Weather Service in Wilmington. What you have on the screen right now, for those of you watching with us on Facebook and YouTube, is what the National Weather Service in Greenville Spartanburg has put out kind of to show you the other radars that are going to try to fill in the gap in lieu of having the GSP radar tomorrow. And they include the Charlotte Terminal 
radar. Uh, what is uh, facing them right now is is this. Take a look at, at this picture, if I can make it nice and big on your screen. But uh, this is the bull gear of the radar that is supposed to be spinning and servicing upstate South Carolina and Western North Carolina. And what you see there is metal shavings. So the weight of the 15,000 pound pedestal has grinded away at this bull gear over the past 27 years to the point where on December 31st, the thing stops spinning. And so you need that radar inside that radar dome to spin in order to see the atmosphere. And without it, it doesn't spin. It doesn't work. So the National Weather Service has put together a plan to have the radar for GSP back online, but not until February 4th which means we have to go through tomorrow's event and any other future events between now and February 4th without the radar in GSP. The issue in Wilmington is a little bit different. That one was intentional. The radars that service across the country were built and deployed in the 90s using technology from the 80s. And so in order to keep these things running through the year 2030, the Weather Service, the Air Force, and others are investing millions of dollars to upgrade and refurbish the radars. And so what's going to happen over the course of the next six months is that the radars across the region, Wilmington, Columbia, Charleston, Greer, Blacksburg, Raleigh, Moorhead City, Wakefield, are all going to go offline. This was planned. This was going to be, we're going to take these things off line for two weeks and we're going to get the pedestal refurbished the pedestal being that really heavy piece that spins the antenna around and allows it to go 360 degrees well you'll see on the screen here that greer wasn't scheduled for their upgrade into early march but when the thing just broke at the end of december it jumped the line a little bit. So now that is going to start at the end of January. What that really does to the rest of the schedule, I don't know for sure, but I think the gist is the same, that between now and June, expect every radar in the Carolinas to intentionally and temporarily go offline for two weeks so that we can have it into the future for a longer period of time. But gentlemen, you guys know, you've been on this show long enough, the radar coverage in the Carolinas leave some things to be desired as we have talked about time and time again in a city of a million people here in charlotte we are 70 80 90 miles away to our nearest full-blown full power radar so that means we're going to go through tomorrow's event without that radar to our west we're going to have to rely on radars in atlanta in tennessee and then as we get into the charlotte area it's going to be a mix of hoping the columbia radar is good to go and has its wheaties for breakfast along with the radar in roanoke and eventually out to raleigh we have that terminal that terminal is very helpful but it is less powerful than a full power radar and produces less imagery it doesn't do any of the fancy dual pole stuff that we sometimes talk about when we nerd out on this show so uh all that to say uh, keep your fingers crossed that we don't lose the terminal or we don't lose Columbia uh, during this event tomorrow. Keep this in mind for the next six months. And also, if you are a super nerd like us and you use an app like RadarScope, then expect to see lots of red squares over the course of the next six months. Um, One yeah. thing I'd like to add, James, to that is with tomorrow's setup, remember tornadoes occur the very bottom of, of the atmosphere. And so... Yeah. As these beams are shooting up from Roanoke or up from Columbia or Morristown, 
they're only sampling a real tall part of the sky. And so you may not see that rotation up there as you would down at the surface. So that is another one, especially these quick spin-offs uh, that are possible tomorrow that will have to be watched. And uh, just to kind of what this reminds me of, this time last week, we had several um, quick spin-up tornadoes. They were weak, but they were tornadoes that affected the Columbia area. And that's kind of the setup we have going on tomorrow with this cold front moving in. And there's just those QLCS tornadoes spinning up. They're yeah, on they're radar so for one scan, and then they're off. And they're so hard to detect. And then you are looking at this where there's not a lot of radar usage anyway. And the ones that you are are kind of get interfered by mountaintops and, and, and just yeah you know altitude so it's going to be a tough day tomorrow it's going to be really hard to see places like Asheville where evan is because the radar trying to come in from tennessee is being blocked by the mountains the radar coming in from atlanta is just too far away and the columbia mm -hmm. radar is not all that close either and the terminal love it or hate it it doesn't reach all that far the terminal is going to go where is that button i want the terminal is going to reach out to about maybe hickory right and then yeah. it kind of gets degraded so you know it's if, if we didn't have the terminal tomorrow i would be very concerned we have the terminal but i wish we had more <laughs> we've been um, talking about that a long time haven't we <laughs> so so long so um evan we got to get to snow and we got to get to jim cantori here in the next eight minutes sure. so give me your thoughts on this radar thing and then raise my spirits by telling me it's actually going to snow. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start down low. Like you said, this radar issue uh, is going to be uh, prominent tomorrow. If we get one of these tornadic storms, these uh, supercell potentially spinning up and moving along the foothills up towards Morganton uh, or even Hickory right there on the periphery of the Charlotte terminal radar, uh, it, it's going to be challenging. And in, in fact, I wouldn't be shocked um, if, those storms, it's just impossible to detect any sort of tornadic circulation in them. So there's not much that we can do in this situation, uh, but the forecasters at GSP in Columbia and our other uh, National Weather Service offices across the Carolinas will be doing their very best with the tools they have on hand. Uh, but it'll be a, a challenging day. So be thinking of your local forecasters because it will not be, not be fun to go through that process. But to raise your spirits, we do have the first full-fledged Northwest flow, wintry snow event of 2023 rolling into the mountains after all of this severe weather clears out. So that severe weather rolls through in the evening on Thursday and by Friday morning, early morning hours, we're starting to see Northwest flow snow showers filter into the region behind the cold front. You can see that for the people who are watching this live and not listening. You can see it on your screen here with the blues and the pinks. That blue is the snow behind the cold front filtering down from Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee, into western North Carolina. Early morning hours Friday, the first snow showers break out, and that's primarily limited to the high elevation locations right along the North Carolina state line. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately for those who do not like snow, uh, these type of events don't often impact city locations such as Asheville or, or Hendersonville. Uh, but Boone, you'll get to cash in on it. Uh, but for us down here in the lower elevations in Asheville, we'll likely have to wait until Friday night to see any accumulating snow showers. As you go through the day Friday, the snow showers will try to break away from the state line where they're most prominent, uh, but it will be challenging. And uh, past research shows that nighttime northwest flow is more uh, more 
banding is more prominent, I guess is a good way of putting it, during nighttime in West North Carolina. So as we see that banding start to form after sunset Friday evening, that's when we can see these snow streamers start to move down from the high elevations uh, down into town. And we may see some very light accumulations around Asheville. Uh, Hendersonville, probably a stretch. It's really hard to get snow all the way, accumulating snow all the way down there. Uh, but Cherokee, Bryson City, Boone, Marshall, these locations will be seen maybe a half an inch to two inches of snow along the state line, those high elevation locations that I've mentioned a few times, those regions could see uh, six to locally uh, eight plus inches of snow. I would not be surprised to see a 12 to 18 inch total somewhere in there. I know the ski resorts are very happy. You know, Absolutely. Beach, Sugar Mountain, they've been making snow. It's been cold enough. We all know it's been cold enough <laughs> to make snow. But now they'll have some real snow. They'll have a nice Mother Nature supplement on there, which will also boost them up. And as a holiday weekend. holiday weekend. Exactly. Jinx, not only are we wearing the same clothes, but we're thinking <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> That'll be huge. It'll be so nice for them because the resorts are going to be slammed already. Sugar, Beach, Catalucci, Appalachian, everybody's going to be there. It's one of the busiest ski weekends of the year. So this is ideal timing for them. Most of their snow will fall Friday morning into Friday night. So by Saturday morning, it will be starting to linger, uh, starting to dwindle, and skiers will be able to get out there without too many visibility issues. Uh, and by Saturday afternoon, evening, going into Sunday, should just be primo skiing weather. Uh, so super excited about that for the resorts and for anyone who's listening who might be traveling up there. Uh, I'm jealous. I wish I was going with you. You still have time to make some plans. <laughs> There's a man who's going to find a way to get out in the cold weather <laughs> and enjoy some snow. It is it is definitely Evan Fisher. For anyone who's not aware, keep your uh, eyes on like the Carolina Weather Group. Epic social. If, if I go, it'll be there. His his beard will be frozen in place. It's he been will too, find a way. It's been too dry recently. December was so mild up here. It's quite challenging. Um, but there's a whole tangent and a whole sh whole show to do on that. Uh, so many shows coming up, so I won't distract us. So many great shows. Uh, we do have the Weather Channel's Jim Cantori coming your way in less than three minutes to kick off this ninth year of the Carolina Weather Group. The man who's been here since the beginning, Scotty Powell. Let's give you these uh, closing thoughts on this live pre-show as we talk severe weather. Tell us, uh, Scotty, you have any other thoughts you want to get in on storms, radar, snow, or just just your thoughts for the year ahead, my friend? Yeah, I think uh, watch out for that severe weather threat tomorrow. Super jealous of those folks in the mountains who are going to be getting some snow. Uh, I know our friend uh, NCTN well, on, on Twitter, um, he'll probably cash in and, and get some good snowfall amounts. But uh, speaking of Carolina Weather Group, who would have thought nine years ago that this little little show would be where it is today? So we always appreciate you all for following us and watching us and listening to us. Uh, we appreciate all of our guests who have taken time out of their busy schedule to uh, join us and talk to us about a variety of different weather topics and most importantly to our panelists to uh, dedicate their Wednesday evenings and sometimes other nights to record these so you all can enjoy them and the numerous hours we've spent doing winter weather coverage and hurricane coverage and tornado coverage and we all do it out of the love of our hearts. So a uh, big thank you to all the panelists who helped make uh, Carolina Weather Group where it is today. And um, big thank you to James, who has really elevated the game and uh, been able to really put this product much better than where it started at. And um, so big thanks to James and, and all those folks, uh, Evan, for making those awesome maps and for Jared doing all the coding and helping you get the ticker up and 
um, for Shay for securing some of our big guests. I mean, Frank for his expert knowledge uh, of, of severe weather and um, just a whole big group of people to think to, to help get it where it is now. So, well, the guests I think are what makes this show so unique and so telling. And the reason so many of you show up each week, whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to the audio podcast and the fact that Jim Cantori comes each and every year, not only gives us so much of his time, but he's always so candid, so candid, so nice, so respectful. I think you're all going to really enjoy the episode that is coming your way in just moments. Do like and subscribe. I know everyone says it, but we have a great year for you up ahead. And if you want to be in the know, subscribe so you can be notified when new episodes come out. And I need to say that you can also, for just a dollar, help support us in our ninth year. Those dollars go to buying lights that are currently lighting up Scotty. Evan needs some lights, but we've run out of money. So if you want to support us at patreon.com slash Carolina Weather Group, you get early access to episodes like this one that you are about to see with the Weather Channel's Jim Cantori. Stay safe on Thursday, and we will see you back here again soon for another live edition of the Carolina Weather Group. But somebody pop the popcorn because this is a good one, guys.